From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., the mostly virtual Democratic National Convention, which was originally supposed to be held in person in Milwaukee, is behind us now. Even though it wasn't actually held here because of the coronavirus, the convention did have a bit of Wisconsin flavor to it each night. Congresswoman Gwen Moore, Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett, Governor Tony Evers, and U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin all spoke. Now we turn to the Republican National Convention, which begins today in North Carolina and runs through Thursday. Like the DNC, Republicans have planned a mostly virtual event, and we have learned there will be a Wisconsin presence at the RNC. Former Governor Scott Walker will nominate Mike Pence for a second term as vice president. Why do you think the Trump campaign chose Walker for this role? Um, they haven't announced any details about what they're doing with Walker or why they chose him. But, you know, some of the things you're seeing from the president are a, a nod toward Wisconsin and how it's important during the Democratic convention. You know, Trump made a visit. Pence made a visit. Uh, Trump's son, Eric Trump, made a visit to Wisconsin during the convention. Also, after convention wrapped up on Saturday, the president sent out a tweet you know, knocking uh, Democrats are not going to Milwaukee in person and doing mostly a virtual convention. So we're an important state and they're paying attention to us because of it. A couple of others from Wisconsin also are speaking at the convention. Who are they and what will be their roles? Well, you know, John Peterson, who's the owner and chief executive officer of um, a metal fabricator called Shooty Metals and Rothschild. He speaks on Tuesday. Uh, Debbie Flood, the president of uh, a company called Melron Corporation in Schofield. It's a architectural hardware manufacturer. She speaks on Thursday. They haven't really told us what their roles are going to be other than they're going to speak, so we don't know the details yet of what message they're going to talk about, but you would assume because they're people who work in business are going to talk about how things are going um, and attributing those things, uh, the successes to Donald Trump, you know, pre-COVID-19 before the economy started to bog down. So uh, we have seen from the RNC and Trump's campaign, a promise we're going to see an optimistic, upbeat message from people this week. They say it's going to contrast with the Democratic convention that they've tried to say was all about doom and gloom and focus on the, on the president. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what kind of message they put out. Don't forget, these things are basically four-day infomercials. The way they're, they're set up, they're always about trying to craft a message and deliver it the way they want it to be, um, you know, the, the best, to put their best forward for people. But, um, it's going to be hard to see how, how different this is going to be. Or it's be interesting to see how different this is going to be than what the Democrats are because there'll be more live speeches. At least we're hearing that from Republicans. They want to have it more of a, a true convention type atmosphere, unlike what the Democrats did. But it's just hard to, hard to pull off in, in this environment. At the same time, Wisconsin Republicans are planning in-person events across the state each night of the convention. The Trump campaign will be hosting these gatherings, which also will have a virtual component. How might this approach resonate with Wisconsin voters? Well, I, I don't know how much people are going to, you know, average voters are going to tune into that stuff. That stuff's more for like the base, the people who are really involved with this stuff to kind of give them a little bit of a pep talk, a little ra- shot of adrenaline before the, the push toward the fall. The key thing is, are people paying attention? You know, it's hard to know how Wisconsinites watched the Democratic convention last week because it was mostly virtual. Um, how are they going to watch this one with Republicans? It's just 
hard to say and, and more importantly, is it changing anybody's mind? Is it really kind of resonating with people to watch these virtual conventions versus seeing these folks in person? In another development, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi told state Democrats at the DNC last week that it's, quote, all riding on Wisconsin. She was trying to emphasize the importance of Wisconsin in this year's presidential election. But other political observers have painted scenarios in which Trump or Joe Biden could lose Wisconsin but still win the election if they pick up other battleground states. So what do you think? Is it all riding on Wisconsin? It's not all riding on Wisconsin, but we still look like a key state. Um, what's hard to know right now is we've seen polls that suggest that Donald Trump is behind Joe Biden. You know, how does that race tighten? Does it tighten between now and November? And how do things shift? One reason why Wisconsin is so important is that the thinking is that if Trump's not winning Wisconsin, he's not winning Michigan, not winning Pennsylvania, because those two states are a little, little more diverse, um, a few more electoral votes also, a little more urban than we are. So Trump's base, the perception of it is, it's mostly a, kind of a white, blue-collar, largely rural base. If you're not winning Wisconsin with its demographics, it's tough to see how you're winning uh, Michigan and Pennsylvania. Now, you know, the Trump campaign will argue they can just win one of those three states and still win, which they can. But that also assumes you hold Arizona, which is a swing state all of a sudden and up for grabs. It also means holding North Carolina, which is up for grabs, and Florida, which is up for grabs. So be interesting to see there there are multiple paths for both sides but if you're either party looking at the map the way it played out four years ago if democrats sweep those three states michigan pennsylvania wisconsin it's pretty hard to see them not winning the presidency likewise if trump wins those three states it's probably probably his to his as well so we're very important for a number of reasons but it's kind of like a barometer for how things are going uh the national in the national environment also last week, some people, including the mayor of Los Angeles, called for Milwaukee to host the 2024 Democratic National Convention. They talked about it in terms of a do-over because the coronavirus resulted in a lost opportunity for the city this year. What do you think are the chances of a do-over? It just depends on what the environment looks like. I mean, look, number one, Milwaukee would have to apply to host either convention like it's just not a they don't just like say okay here we're coming back uh, milwaukee would have to apply they'd have to raise money again they'd have to get people behind the idea of doing a convention there's also an open question what conventions are going to look like going forward because after doing this one virtually you know there are some people have talked about whether these things are kind of going to start dying out somewhat and be a much different event going forward two um where will Wisconsin fit in the pecking order come four years from now? We've been close a lot for a long time. But if there are certain demographic shifts and Arizona becomes more of a swing state, if you know, once you see how things will play out in 2020, there could be other states that kind of jump in front of Wisconsin in the pecking order. Two, we're going to have, after, redistrict, uh, after the census, we're going to have reallocation of congressional seats. So some states are going to pick up electoral votes, some will lose them. You know, all, There are all these kind of factors out there that kind of might shift where the campaigns focus their attention heading to 2024. So it's hard to say that we're going to be that important. I mean, it looks like our history suggests we will be important, but that's a ways away. So um, I guess it's to be determined. Now, I've heard, I've heard from some Democrats that the fact it went all virtual likely boosts Milwaukee's chances of hosting again because if they had done a half in-person convention or a scaled-back one, it'd be hard to argue that they should come back to Milwaukee. But because it went all virtual, some people argue that there's a better chance in Milwaukee to get it again, but 
again, I just, I just get the impression that that's really contingent upon a number of factors that will play out before we know if it really is a good chance for Milwaukee to host again in 2024. And finally, the Wisconsin Elections Commission decided last week to keep rapper Kanye West off the ballot in November because his campaign turned in his nomination papers too late. Some Biden supporters have worried that West could pull votes away from the former vice president. What impact do you think the commission's decision will have on the election in Wisconsin? Well, they also, along with uh, saying that Kanye West fell short of the requirements to make it the ballot. They didn't put the Green Party candidate on the ballot, and they did put the Libertarian candidate on the ballot. So the common combined impact of that is it's probably a good thing for Joe Biden because Libertarians tend to poll from Republicans if they have if the other you know kind of on the line between the Republican Party and the Libertarian Party. Greens tend to poll from uh, Democrats if there's an option there for certain people who are starting that line between the Green Party and the Democratic Party. Now with West, I mean, I know that the assumption by Republicans is that he would pull black votes away from Biden. Uh, And talking to Democrats, they argue that that attitude shows a great deal about how Republicans view black voters. I think just because you put a black man on the ballot who happens to be an entertainer who's been espousing views that are aligned with Donald Trump, that somehow that's going to pull votes from Joe Biden. I don't know what the effect would have been had West been put on the ballot now, we still got a chance. Uh, there's still an opportunity to file a lawsuit and seek to overturn the decision by the Elections Commission, but we've not heard yet from the West campaign if, if it's going to do that. Uh, but still, you know, again, looking at the ballot, uh, Green, oh, the Green Party also plans to file a lawsuit over being denied a spot on the ballot. So the, the ballot's not set yet, but there's a little bit of a crunch coming up because there are lawsuits. They're supposed to start printing ballots September 1st. I believe the 16th of September, they're supposed to the county clerks was to deliver them to municipal clerks. And on the 17th of September, the clerks, local clerks was to mail them out to people who have an absentee ballot on, on file already. So, or file, absentee ballot request on file already. So we're getting to a time crunch that there are lawsuits that could slow things down and make things a little bit interesting. We'll get these ballots out to people ahead of a very important election. That's wispolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.